want to invite you to open your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And you know, last Sunday, if you were here, we had a very specific focus of our service. We were seeking the Lord, just drawing near to Jesus in in light of the um, tragedy that our community experienced last Saturday. We continued to do that throughout the week, to seek the Lord, to pray, to be involved in what God is doing in the community. And we also realized that time was moving on, and here we are. We're, we're in back to school time as a, as a community and as, a, as families. And so this morning, as we spend some time just reflecting and focusing and praying for this, this passage, I think gives us guidance and direction and a challenge for both of those situations, for reflecting on the events of last weekend, but also looking forward to uh, the impact that God is making in our schools and the lives that are being changed and even the way our community is drawing together in love, in, in, in unity, and in strength, we find these words in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 55. Read along with me. I read out of the New International Version. It says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So as we look at this passage this morning, there's many ways that we could look at it and apply it to what happened last weekend, to what's in front of us in the coming weeks and months. But really, I think this passage can be summarized with the word purpose priority. And there's so many things that we can draw from it, but I'd like to um, just kind of share with you since I've been going through the book of 1 Corinthians, and and, um, there's so many great things in this chapter. Paul is writing this this letter to the Corinthian church, and as you know, in the New Testament, Paul's letters to churches were always to give some important doctrine, to correct some false teaching, or to encourage and to challenge these believers. And, And in this chapter of 1 Corinthians 15, There's so much that's covered. He begins by talking about the truth and the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. And because Jesus is real and because he rose from the dead, that gives our lives hope. Our songs this morning reflected that. Our prayers reflected that. The stories you've heard about impacts being made on the campus reflect that we have hope and we have purpose in Jesus. And so Paul gets to the end of this chapter after you know, expanding on these thoughts about the hope that we have for eternity and how that matters in our daily life. And he gets to the end of this chapter and he gives us those words. And I want to focus again on verse 58, the final verse of this chapter, where he says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. And always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. As believers, the things that we do for God, they matter. They make a difference. And so this morning, I want to reflect on a few things, and I want to tell you some stories about how God's work is being carried out by people of varying ages, varying backgrounds, varying gifts and talents and abilities, varying resources, and how as each one of us responds to this challenge in God's word, 
and fully commits ourselves to the work of the Lord, that amazing things can happen because that labor in the Lord is not in vain. So real quickly this morning, I want to clarify one of the phrases that Paul uses there. He uses the term, the work of the Lord. Now, whatever your profession is, whatever your job is, you and I as believers in Jesus, we're called to work for the Lord, right? You've seen the passages earlier in 1 Corinthians 10. It says, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. In Colossians, Paul challenges the believers to do their work as working unto the Lord. In other words, whatever your work is, we should do it with all our hearts. It's part of our worship. It's part of our testimony. But this passage uses a slightly different phrase where he says the work of the Lord. So all of us are called to work for the Lord, but this is an extra level where Paul is challenging us to to do the work of the Lord. So even in your profession, in your job, there's this extra level of how do we work and how do we do the work of the Lord? What is the work of the Lord? Well, if you look at the life of Jesus, he met needs, he ministered, he preached about faith, the grace of God, salvation, we can do the same. So I believe the work of the Lord, if you look at the New Testament, is defined by the things that we as believers do to help people know and grow in the faith of Jesus. It's evangelism. It's edification. It's the building up of God's kingdom, the building up of the church, and that is done through sharing Christ and the good news of the gospel, the hope and the purpose that we have in him, but it's also done through the building up of believers, the work of the Lord. And Paul's instructing us here in this passage to, be, to give ourselves fully, to be fully committed to the work of the Lord. So no matter what you are doing in your life, no matter what kind of work for the Lord you're doing, keep in mind that extra level of doing the work of the Lord, helping believers grow in their faith and reach out and use the gifts God has given them, sharing the hope of Jesus to those who don't know them. And so Paul goes on and he says that this work of the Lord The labor, the time, the effort that we spend, it's not in vain. That's another phrase I want to make sure that we understand here in this passage. Not in vain. It means that it's not empty. It's not meaningless. There's purpose to the work of the Lord. And God uses it in amazing ways. And sometimes we don't even see how God uses it. But we know that when we're faithful and when we commit ourselves to doing the work of the Lord, helping people know and grow in their faith, that God uses it. It's not in vain. It's not empty. It's not meaningless. It matters. Now, you've heard some incredible stories already about the impact that campus ministries and, and, uh, are having on the lives of students and even on teachers and families in our campuses around this city. There are people doing the work of the Lord in our schools, here in our community. And it's an amazing thing. And as Tara was up here earlier saying, we need. And so my purpose here today is not just to challenge all of us in whatever God has called you to do, to, to carry out the challenge in this verse, to, to give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord wherever he's called you. But my purpose is also to share with you that even if you don't think that you're gifted to ministering to children or to teenagers or to college students, God can use you. God can use you to be part of the work of the Lord in changing their lives because whatever efforts you and I give are not in vain. They matter. So I wanted to share with you, uh, oftentimes people come to me and they say, you know, thank you so much for the work that you do with the youth. I don't know how you do it. I can't stand teenagers. And, And it's true. They're a tough bunch, but we love them. And that's the cool thing is that even if you don't think that you can minister to young people, 
This passage assures us that whatever efforts you give are not in vain. You don't have to be energetic. You don't have to be, um, you know, involved in, in the things that they're involved in. You don't have to be athletic. Uh, you just have to love on them. And you have to pray for them, and you have to show that they matter. And people of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all different resources have come together in different ways to reach these students on their campuses and to be a part of turning them towards Jesus. They're doing the work of the Lord. You know, I've been able to be involved in campus ministry for about 15 years now here in our city. I've been able to work with about six different campuses, high schools and middle schools, and I've had the privilege of inviting volunteers to join in the work that we're doing on those campuses. And it's been so exciting because one of the things, and you've heard it earlier in the service, the way to a young person's heart is food. And so one of the main things that we do with our campus ministries is we feed students. We take pizzas and pizzas and more pizzas into these campuses, and it draws them in for a free lunch. It offers us a chance to get to know them, have conversations with them, and just feed into their lives and talk to them about the hope and the purpose that we have in Jesus. And so one of the uh, members of my previous church heard about how many pizzas I was buying each week, and, and he said, man, that must be a lot of work to go and pick those up and then get to the school and then go and do your ministry. Let me help you out. So he began helping out by offering to pick up the pizzas for me. And so he would meet me at the campus, and I invited him to come on inside, and he got to start seeing how we were just pouring into the lives of these students and how amazing it was to see them ask questions and, and open up and, and just dig deeper into what it means to really know Jesus. So he began helping in more ways. He began telling other people, and pretty soon I had several retired folks who were offering to help make the food, so I wasn't always feeding them pizza. Well, there's nothing wrong with pizza, but they thought, hey, wh why don't we make some burritos for you once a month? My wife and I will make them, and, and we'll just offer them to you, and you can take them in. So we got him involved. And that mornings, he, he would spend time with his wife uh, making burritos. I told him we needed about 150 of them. Didn't flinch, man. He just said, we'll do it. We'll take it in there. And so we were taking these students to the burritos, invited them to come in. He saw what was happening began faithfully coming with us to pray for the ministry as we were interacting with students. Another lady heard about it, and she worked nights. And so she decided that once a month, that after her night shift, she wouldn't go straight to bed, that she'd spend a little bit of time and, and make sandwiches for the ministry. And so she would spend her morning and, and make sandwiches, bring them to me. And she also started coming with me to the ministry. And she was an amazing presence there, just loving on students, being there to pray, being there to support, and, and having the students see a face for those who love them so much that they're even spending time making food and giving of their own resources to feed these students so they have a chance to be engaged in, in Bible discussions and, and, and relationships that support and help them different backgrounds, different stages of life, but each one of them using what God had given them to do the work of the Lord and contribute to the work of the Lord in the school. Those efforts were not in vain, and they saw some of the results of the amazing things that were happening. You know, earlier uh, last school year, when we began sponsoring El Paso High School uh, just up the street, one of our church members, Pam Halchishek, said, you know, I'm not called to teach or preach, but if you need someone to just go and talk to students with you and be available to pray, I'd love to go with you. And so Pam has a flexible schedule, so she began coming with us every Thursday at lunchtime, and uh, she was a huge blessing. 
she would talk and, and interact with the office staff as we checked in and got our badges to come into the school. She began bringing them coffee and donuts on a regular basis just to say thank you. She would come into the club and just hang out and talk with students. And it was so great because every time that she might have had a schedule conflict, maybe she couldn't come, the students would come and they'd be looking for Pam. And where's Pam? Oh, she couldn't come today. And the students were so disappointed because she was always such a warm and loving presence just to be there to talk and interact with the students. Amazing ways that God was using even those small efforts of giving a little bit of time and being available to talk, being able to pray, that God was using those for the work of the Lord. You know, the amazing thing that I also get to see is students, students who are so excited about the hope and purpose that they have in Jesus and realizing the need of the peers around them, that they're willing to take stands sometimes at the expense of their reputation, sometimes at the expense with just fun time at lunch, hanging out with their friends. But they make those efforts and sacrifices to be involved in their campus ministries because they know that that effort and those invitations that they extend to their friends, that example that they set, that that's a labor that's not in vain, that God is using that, and that their witness, their testimony is not lost on the people around them that they're making a difference in the lives of their peers, and God's using that in incredible ways. None of these efforts, whether it be simply giving up a lunch period, making some sandwiches, offering some resources to help, none of those things are in vain. None of them are empty. They all matter. And God has given each one of us different gifts, different abilities, different resources, and God can use those things to build those bridges into our community and to make an impact that's not just for this life, but for eternity. We're seeing lives changed in the schools and there's so many more that we can reach and so much more that we can do to partner with these schools so that they know that First Baptist Church of El Paso and Christians in El Paso love the schools and are here to support and are here to work with them and are here to help, help people know that there's purpose there's, there's joy, there's hope, and that comes from a relationship with Jesus. The work of the Lord loves them and supports them, and they can be there to, to listen, to guide, and to point them towards hope and purpose in Jesus. It's not in vain. It's powerful. It's effective. It's meaningful, and God is using it, and he's using people like you and I around this city to accomplish his work and to help people come to a faith in Jesus Christ and to a new life that focuses on him and not what everyone else around them is focused on. It's an amazing thing, and we've got an amazing opportunity as a church to be involved in that. We're sponsoring Wiggs Middle School, El Paso High School. Uh, we're beginning a sponsorship of Lamar Elementary School. These are schools right up the street here in our neighborhood, and we're looking for ways to come alongside them and show them that we love them and show them that we're here for them. We've also got teachers and students all around this city who are engaging in their campus clubs, who are being a witness for Jesus in the place that God has put them. And exciting things are happening. So we want to just call the church together to be aware of it, but also to see what your role is in being part of the work of the Lord in schools. One of the most important works is that of prayer. So I want to invite you to look in your bulletins this morning. We had a couple of inserts that we included in our morning bulletins. One of them uh, has this graphic of a backpack, and it shows information about the ministries that we're partnering with as a church who are doing ministry on school campuses. 
elementary schools through Child Evangelism Fellowship, middle schools and high schools through Youth for Christ and Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and uh, the Baptist Student Ministry at UTEP. These are all organizations that, that we're partnering with to support and help. But the other insert relates a little bit more to our challenge for you as a church tonight to be committed in prayer for our school. If you want to pull that out, you'll see that we've got a suggested schedule there for you. If you normally come to our evening worship at 6 p.m., we want to invite you to come here. And part of the Bible study will be about the importance of prayer. And then you'll have the opportunity to just head a few blocks up the street to pray on the site of the campus of Lamar Elementary School. But more importantly, we want to invite you as families or as individuals, wherever you are in the city, to join with us and pick a school of your choosing. Maybe it's the one that one of your children goes to. Maybe it's the one that you pass on your way to work or on the way to the grocery store, the one in your neighborhood. We want to invite you all over the city to choose a school, go to that school, and pray for that campus on site this evening. We're inviting people to take pictures, even if it's just of yourself. Take a picture, post it to our EP, uh, our, our First Baptist Church um, uh, Facebook page or Instagram, not to show that we're praying, but to see how many people around this city are covering our campuses in prayer. We've provided you with a prayer guide. You'll see that on the back of that insert with some important thoughts to just consider as you pray for a campus. But it's not just about tonight. It's about the power of prayer on an ongoing basis. Just like the work of the Lord is not in vain, prayer is not in vain. It's important labor of the Lord that he uses in amazing ways. Can you imagine how powerful it will be for our church to commit to praying for these campuses in our neighborhood right up the street where we have a presence every week? Can you imagine how powerful it would be for you students before you walk in the doors of your school every morning to stop and pray and ask God for guidance for that day? Can you imagine how powerful it will be with all of us as we drive around the city and we know that this high school's here or this middle school's there and we're joining in prayer, just asking God to move on those campuses, to strengthen the believers, to use them as an influence to the people around them. There is power in that. It is not in vain. It's effective and God uses it beyond what we will ever know. So we want to invite you as a church to seek the Lord and how he may be leading you to be involved in the work of the Lord that's being carried out in our school campuses citywide. The work of the Lord in, in praying for and asking God to do great things on the campuses in our city. So as we close this morning, I want to invite you to bow your heads in prayer. And I'd like to read our verse over you as a benediction, as a challenge, as a blessing. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, let us stand firm let nothing move us, and let us always give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because we know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. So, Father, I just ask that as we've heard some amazing stories of how you're moving and impacting lives in this city, and as we've learned about the bridges that are built into our schools and our community, I pray that as you lead each one of us, that we would be faithful to step out and consider our role in the schools or maybe elsewhere, maybe other ministries that you've given us a heart for, that we would realize that the time is now to be fully committed to the work of the Lord because it's not in vain. It matters and lives are changed when we step out and serve in different ways. So I pray for my brothers and sisters here in our church family that you would lead us to make the most of these opportunities, that you would show us ways that we can partner with this work. And most importantly, that you would call us to committed and ongoing prayer 
for the campuses in our community, for the young people who need hope and need purpose that comes only from Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.